It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, welcome to the Locked On Wizards podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Trey Halliburton, and joins me on the other line. He, he, he's, a, he's a dope guy who, who talks a lot about sports and hip-hop and everything in between. Right now, he might be uh, the public enemy number one of D.C. Sports Radio. My <laughs> guy, Mr. Fimo Sin. How you doing today, Fimo? I'm doing great. I can't complain. I'm doing great. Um, <laughs> did not know I was public enemy number one of D.C. Sports, but, you know, he can take the heat, which I've been taking for the past few days. Um, it's been surprisingly how so many fans can just support or just say we hate one of six sevens of fans. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I can't complain. Yeah, I mean, so I, I guess we're, since, since we're uh, diving right into that, I want to get into uh, – so basically you had this tweet uh, over the weekend where you uh, said, Redskins fans should stop listening to 106.7 The Fan. Nothing there is informative, and it's a bunch of bias attacks on each player, especially athletes of color. And so, you know, this this, uh, this tweet that you had, it, 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 it uh, you know, it, it reached a, a little bit mini viral status. It, it got about 500 likes. And I think that the biggest thing was the fact that the, it, it, it got the attention of people at 106.7, the, the radio station. And, and they're, you know, they're responding to you. They're in your mentions. You know, uh, you know, saying that you have uh, baseless claims. Uh, Grant Paulson says, "What a reckless, terrible blanket statement and accusation to make about people you don't know." All the best to you. Have a great day. <laughs> and it's just like I, I, I really, and I, and I, I direct message you, um, you know, Sunday evening, uh, and w- with the intention of talking about this topic because I think that this is a, a topic that you know I, I consider myself to be well versed in and, and very adequate to address. Is the fact that. A lot of the people from uh, 106.7, and this is nothing against those people, and it's not to make a blanket statement against everybody who works at the station. That's not yeah. – that, I don't think that's what you did with your with your statement here. It, it really was, to me, it was pointing out uh, a, a discrepancy between the way that, you know, certain athletes, uh, especially athletes are of color, are covered by members of that radio station. And yeah. so when, when you look at – you know the, the the some of the things that you know the, those uh, the shock jocks there they say about uh, I think this all started over some Dwayne Haskins tweets and you know Haskins he kind of got he kind of just got fed up and so he ended up uh, blocking uh, Chris Lindenberg and you know it, it, he had a sarcastic response by saying oh you know stay left but first of stay all less. 
Yeah, say less. First of all, say I, I want to I want to address that aspect of it. It's like yo, there are a lot of people who are not of the culture. Like I'm sure that he doesn't go around just saying say less all the time. But it's just yeah. like when you're on Twitter, it's very cool to you know speak in a certain lingo, uh, uh, based because you know that that's just how a lot of uh, Twitter speak goes. But you know that that's neither here nor there. But really, what I what, what I'm concerned about is the fact that you know that that Chris and 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 uh, Grant Paulson and and uh, the Rooster Chris Russell, like these guys are he all like me. coming back to you. They're attacking you in a way that it's it, it's 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 misinformed because instead of them actually listening to you and all of these replies and all of these retweets and all of these likes of people of color DC sports fans. Who, who see the same exact thing that you're saying. Like, and, and this is something I told you before we even started talking. Like, we didn't have the, a big meeting, uh, a black people meeting, talking to, to talk about this, and we say, oh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to address this. Like, no, you said something, and a lot of people just happen to agree with that. And so instead of them, like, taking the onus to, to kind of look within themselves and see about, you know, some of how they're covering uh, athletes of color in this area, they use this as a as a time to you know attack you and to you know send their minions to uh, attack you. So I just wanted I to give you this space right here, this platform, to to, to kind of explain your stance exactly what it is you meant by your original statement and and, and what do you think that you know that that, that some of these uh, radio hosts from one hundred six point seven are missing about their coverage when it comes to uh, athletes of color in the DMV. One thing I could say is when I saw, like, my mentions at first, I saw people that were agreeing with me, saying they've been tired, it's been years, they've been doing this stick for years. Um, so how I originated the tweet, I just saw the, so I saw, like, the 106 to 7 post, 106 to 7 the fan post, and it's and it is like a basic discussion about Haskins. It's, they said about his immaturity. They still talk about that freaking selfie during that Lions game for, like, November. It's been, like, six months. I'm already still talking about it. Like, why are you still putting that on that on that kid for just taking a selfie with a fan? Like, and they're calling it immature, all that. So I just saw, like, not going to care about it, not going to say anything. Um, I saw, like, Chris Lynchaber's tweet. Sam I'm saying his right. hope I say his name right. Him, like, see him getting blocked by Haskins. And he just said, say less. I kind of like, I was like, why would you tweet that? And I just tweeted it out, just saying I want to take a fan. You know, they've been doing this for like the past decade, just having these bias reporting on on players of color. Um, and I didn't, and I did not know that it would take, it would be this like mini viral until like that, like the next day, that Saturday. And I saw I mentioned start blowing up. I saw like the the flag avies, the Dudes with the shades, this come I mentioned saying I'm racist, I'm that like I never called them racist. I just said they just report bias. Like, why are you calling me racist for this saying my own opinion off of that? I was surprised that Grant and Chris mentioned me, calling me saying that these bias attacks about me like. Even Chris Russell, I was so funny. I was actually laughing when he said that. I could, he said, I condemn, I condemn Craig, Grant Paulson for his response against these accusations that Olaf the Ocean made. And that dude blocked me like a second later. So, and I treat like the streets were dumb because now like I'm posted like 
Chris Russell is a big reporter in this area, so I think it's like more people going to come in my mentions, all that. But you know, but those like those like those flag Abby people that came I mentioned and attacked me. There was like majority of Redskins fans that said like, "Hey, you're right. We support you." Yeah, balls to say that. I mean, it's been like it's been like that for the past decade. I feel like as for the station, one six seven the fan, you had to just had to do better with the reporting on athletes in this region. You know, that's just it. Yeah, no, I agree with you one hundred percent. And so, you know, I think that uh, that that uh, Dwayne Haskins is the new poster child for you know the, them to you know hit the the, the dog whistles. But you know, that that used to be John Wall though. Like John Wall, yeah. you know, when he first got here, like you know, there there used to be a lot of you know tweets about you know John Wall and his dancing and 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 you know him throwing up different signs uh, when he's playing or or Wall going out too much. Like there's just been there's been a lot of conversations. And that kind of hits me. Oh, I'm sorry. I caught, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. That kind of hits me. That kind of hits me hard because if you know John Wall and his story, like his story is just really amazing. What he's been through. Losing his father at a young age, raised by a single mother, you know, him getting in trouble throughout his whole youth. And it's him, like, using basketball as a way to get out of the Galvin hood, Galvin, Galvin's whole environment. To play Kentucky, be the first overall pick, be the first overall pick in the draft. Like, his story is amazing. But I don't know how I can say this. I feel like he's the most underappreciated superstar that we had in this city in the past, like, 20 years, maybe in this decade, this century alone. Because when we talk about, like, D.C. sports stars, you talk about, like, Bryce Harper. I mean, Bryce Harper was loved here, but he left. He didn't care about the city. I mean, he wanted a new contract. Alex Ovechkin, I could say, yeah, because he won the Stanley Cup, but at the same time, like, most black youth don't watch hockey, unfortunately. So they didn't don't, like, resonate with Alex Ovechkin. They don't know anything about him. They just know he's a good hockey player. You know, that's just it. But with Wall, like, he does a lot of great stuff on the court and off the, and off the court. Like, he's big in community, you know, having his wall, having his foundations, all that. And, like, I just feel that the DC media doesn't even know him yet. Like, and especially with 167 The Fan, like, every time I always listen to their Radio like there's segments on Wall Wizards. Just they don't even watch their games at all. Like they don't care, and that's just disappointing. And it's been like that for like the past few years. That I think like people always look at the Wizards at a, as an afterthought because of Wall. The Wall was like maybe playing like like a best like a top five player like during his prime, but they don't care. But instead, it like use like negative news, like Wall, like throwing hundreds at strip clubs or, you know, him getting in fights with Quincy AC, the, what was it, Death Row DC. They use that negative energy and just put it in their segments, which is pretty stupid. Yeah. No, I mean, I think I think that it really, it really shows that, you know, that there's a, a disconnect between – uh, you know, the, the the people who are reporting and covering the athletes and, you know, the athletes themselves. And so, you know, I think that, you know, a lot of that has to do with a lack of diversity within, uh, you know, the coverage. Uh, and that, and, that, and, that, and that's not, you know, uh, just a shot at 106.7, the fan. Like, this is like, 
you know, across the board for a lot of outlets in the D.C. area like that don't really have people on their staff who are able to communicate with the athletes that they're, that they're covering. And so then you get issues like that, like in the past where you've had, you know, uh, uh, issues with, uh, you know, people covering John Wall. And, and, you know, it seems like the same thing is just recycling around with uh, how they're treating Dwayne Haskins. And so, you know, I, I'm glad that you, um, you know, were able to, you know, speak your piece and get that opinion out there. And I'm even uh, more proud to, you know, like I said, to, to, to support that because, honestly, like there, there, there's something to be said about the fact that, you know, that, 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 you know Chris Russell and Grant Paulson, these people, they're, they're responding. And, and instead of them, you know, uh, listening to the, fair, the very fair criticism that is coming from not only you, but a good portion of the fan base, you know, they, they use that and try to spin that and attack you and, and attack, you know, the things that you're saying and putting words in your mouth. Like you said, you never once used the word race racist. in your tweet, yeah. racist or race at all. Like, yeah. And so, yeah, like, it's like, it's like they know what you're talking about because they know what they're doing. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's just a very interesting thing. And I think that, you know, it, it's something that needed to be addressed. But, you know, we, 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 since we're going through this whole, you know, crazy pandemic time, I, I want to try to keep it uh, uh, at least a, a little bit more light and a little bit more positive. Um, I wanted to talk to you about the NBA season and what do you think will ultimately happen uh, with the conclusion of the NBA season? Like, do, do you think that they're going to come back and, and play some regular season games or do you think they're going to come back and go right into the playoffs? Or do you think that this whole thing might just be done and over? Like, what, what are your thoughts on that, Ben? So I have two thoughts. I have two options, my two answers. I think the first will be just starting the season into the playoffs. I can't see, like, the NBA playing out a full season. Like, it's said, like, it was like some reports say, like, it could start in June and it could carry out, like, May, I believe. Sorry, May. Then the season will carry out until, like, late July, late June, which kind of just, I don't know, it's just packing a lot of games into, like, three months, which I feel for the players, it would be tough to just get back to their grind, um, to get back to their grind and start playing. And I think maybe the two best options for NBA right now is to just cancel the season or just start starting the playoffs. I feel with canceling season, you can just forget what, forget it, um, and just try like, try like, um, give the players as much they need rest so they can be ready for the for the next season. But I don't think I don't think the season was, the next season will start until like December because of the whole pandemic we're in right now. And this would be also a great time for like the draft to start at a regular time, like in June. Summer summer league can maybe even be played out during September as well. So you have, like, much room to just get ready for next season. Just forget what happened this se- what happened this season. Because I feel like there's, like, been five, it's been five NBA players that have been that tested for the virus. And I don't think they will risk – those players will risk, like, playing the court again, even catching again, because we don't even know if they're immune to the disease, to the virus or not. Um but as for the FA, the FA is starting the playoffs. That was starting yeah. the playoffs. Um, as for starting the playoffs, I think that'll be the best option at this point. I mean, just forget about the regular season. You all know who's going to be in the playoffs: Lakers, Grizzlies, Clippers, 
Thunder, Celtics, all those teams. Just give them, just put them like in a usual spot, like Las Vegas, yeah, not Seattle, not bad. It's Washington's a hot spot, but just put them like in the neutral site where they can just finish out the whole season and just just start from there. But I think the best option right for the NBA is just to just kill this whole season. Like it's been, I've been thinking about it for the past few weeks. And for, unfortunately, like I hear, I heard about um, Paul Anthony Towns' mother passing away from the virus. Um, praise, my lots of praise go out to, to him and his family. I just think like it would be like kind of toned up for NBA to just push the season with all this going on. Um, they just need to get ready for the next season to start on December 25th. Hopefully, we have like a vaccine, like some some type of medicine that can prevent us from. That could like slow this virus down. Just try and get ready for next season. That's my opinion on it. Yeah, I, I I think that I'm with you. If it were up to me, I would probably cancel the season. Um, I think that you know, with uh, when, when you look at these other leagues across the world, like you know, in China and in Japan, and uh, you know, all these different places that you know, uh, were, that had the, 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 the impact of the virus uh, before the United States did, you know, a lot of those places, they've tried to, um, you know, get the games and stuff back started up, and they haven't been able to uh, successfully uh, do that. And so I think that that's just a sign of just, you know, first of all, I mean, these are very serious times, like the, the severity of this virus and, like, the fact that, like, literally everybody in the country is on a lockdown right now. Like, it's going to be hard to just go from that into, you know, like playing basketball games for entertainment. And it, it, it's something uh, – uh, shout-out to my guy, M. Grads, on Twitter. He just tweeted out uh, something I thought was very funny. He said, uh, sources say that uh, NBA players uh, don't want to put their lives at risk because you're bored at home. And it's That's like, very <laughs> true. And I, and I think, like, that's what I'm seeing from a lot of fans. Like, me means – with sports not happening, like sports, it happens twenty four seven, three sixty five. With sports not happening, sports not happening, everyone is bored. Everyone is like tired of watching like all these ESPN classic games. Like people just want like live sports back, which I get, but I don't think like with fans, what fans don't get is that players are humans too. Like they're putting like their bodies online at risk for your entertainment every single night. I think you obviously heard about like WWE being like an essential business now in Florida, you know, which I don't get because not even just performing week after week after week, just like what? I don't know, for money revenue. Uh, I just think like fans, they just, they just stay patient. Hopefully enough, I think the NFL will be back on full schedule in the fall. So will college football. And we'll see how the, how that process goes, but Give the players like a much needed rest, like during this whole pandemic, and just stay patient. Like it's it's a really it's a scary time for the world in the world right now, and I don't think like players would like risk it for like just one ring. Yeah, I, I I'm not even sure about there being NFL or college football this season. Like that's the thing. Like I think honestly, I think that you know we're all being you know a, a little trigger happy with trying to get back out there when in all actuality, like I feel like there is a, a lot more risk in rushing this process. 
And, you know, it's, and, and also the thing is that you have to consider is the fact that, okay, let's say that you wanted to, you know, start back up with football season and you wanted to start up with college football season. Let's say you wanted to start back up with, you know, uh, opening up college dorms and letting kids come back in. It's like, okay, with the second that one of these places, the second that you have a case, then everything has to get shut down again. So it's yeah, just like yeah. – it's just like I, I I honestly don't see this really playing out like uh, like how people think that it will unless until until they get the vaccine. So it's like and and, and by all accounts it it seems as though the vaccine won't be around until at the very earliest like later this year. So I think that it, it's very ambitious for people to think that uh, you know that that the sports uh, uh, professional leagues will be able to get back out there. But, you know, I think that we can all hope and dream. And, you know, a part of running a business is being, you know, prepared for, uh, you know, all outcomes. So, of yeah. course, the NBA is going to, you know, put together a plan in place to, to try to see if they can do it. Like, they would be, it would be negligent of them to not have a plan in place. But, I mean, my, my prediction, I, I ultimately don't think that there will be a 2020 NBA champion crowned. And so I, I think that, you know, like you said, I think getting back and getting focused for next season will probably be the the best bet for 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 everybody at this point. A fun fact that I found out: I think like every time a Toronto a Toronto the following season gets, I think with this MLB team in the next season. They won a championship. The next season, season get canceled. The '93 Toronto Blue Jays they won the World Series. '94, the season gets canceled. The 2019 Toronto Raptors won the championship. Then this season, then this NBC could get canceled. Like it's a, it's weird how like, how like history works out. Like it's so weird, really, to me. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's really definitely weird. weird. It, it's uh. You know, I feel like a lot of people are into the, the the whole new morality now. I didn't know that that was a thing until until Kobe Bryant passed away. Shout out, uh, uh, you know, shout out to Kobe Bryant. But a lot of I people are into. Him. I know, I miss I him too. Him. People are really into signs and numbers and and things of that nature. So you know, if that's any indication, I I think that you know, I I, I think we we should all be getting used to uh to to, to Toronto being the, the the champions for at least another year. So, I think Toronto fans would be happy with that. At least they get bragging rights. Cool. Exactly. They're, they're, exactly. They're, they're, still champion, they're, they're still the champ. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't even be mad at them. Yeah. But, uh, Sam, I wanted to take a, a quick break. And on the other side of the break, I wanted to uh, look ahead. If there aren't going to be any games played, you know, there, there still will be off-season transactions. And the biggest one would have to be the NBA draft. I wanted to, uh, on the other side of this break, just talk about a couple of, of guys that, you know, you found to be intriguing uh, in this draft process, and, and who do you think the Wizards should be looking at? The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
All right, now, Fim. I wanted to get into some 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 draft uh, talk right here. Um, so right now, the Wizards are currently uh, in the ninth slot. Uh, according to the the, the reverse uh, draft standings, the, the reverse uh, uh, order of the standings, so that's the draft order, and um, that that would be that would put them in the same exact spot that they were in last year. But you know, we 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 we're forgetting that the draft lottery still has to happen. So you know, uh, with, with them being in the ninth uh, slot, they would still have a twenty percent chance of getting a top four pick and a four point five percent chance. Of getting the number one overall pick, um, but what, what are, who are some of the guys that you think that uh, would be worthy uh, candidates to you know go at the top of the draft? And who who are some of the guys that you think uh, if the Wizards, let's say they didn't move up or down at all, and they were to pick at nine, who are some of the guys that you think uh, would be a good fit for the Wizards in that you know that eight, nine, ten range? Hopefully, we don't end up in the eight, nine, tenth range. I think we might end up being on the top five pick, but I I think I've been focusing on the top five, top five in total. So my top three players are um, Yonke Agangu from USC, um, Lamelo Ball, obviously you know him, um, and also and Anthony Edwards, star from Georgia, and Wiseman from he, he was supposed to play in, he was supposed to play in Memphis, but you obviously know what happened. I feel like the biggest thing for Wizards right now is to get a is get a center. I feel Thomas Bryant. He is solid, but he hasn't been like has lived with that expectation of being like a that a uh, a core piece center that we need on a team. I feel like Nguanke, um Wiseman could be that game changer for us at the center position. Um, and the reason why I said about Ball and Edwards is I don't know about Beal's future in the Wizards. I know he said a couple of times that he wants to be a Wizard for life, which I get. Like, most players say that, but they end up getting, like, shipped or traded. I feel like with Beal's with Beal, like, upcoming contract, like, he's going to get it. He's, I think it's going to be all NBA. And he's going to want, like, a bigger contract in the future. I just feel like the Wizards, they might end up trading him to get like more draft value, get more draft pa- more draft picks, and they need like replacement at Bill's spot. I feel like they could build a team around Rui and whoever it is Ball or Edwards, just somebody they can like build a future off of, and just that's all I had to say. I'm trying to think. Yeah, well, I, 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 hey. I'll combat that a little bit. I'll tell you this right now: they're not trading Bradley Bill this off season. I think that that, that I mean this, this is this is this is me reporting that they're not that's not going to happen. Like, like I think that with all with if you if you read it between the lines and you listen to everything that Ted Leonsis has said and you listen to everything that Tommy Shepard has said, that their plan and they're they're not like shying away from this. The plan is to re up and and run it back like with Wall and Bill. And so I get that. They're, they're like that's so like it's a, to even like I think I, I think that people you know suggesting that they trade Bill or they do it like that's not going to happen like they're they, they have a plan in place as to what they're going to do and until that until that they're proven that that plan isn't going to work then they're going to stick with that so their plan right now being is that you know they're going to run back the wall and Bill combo 
And so they're going to try their best to build around uh, those two players. And so when you look at what the Wizards will be looking at in the draft, you know, when you look at the fact that, okay, they have Wall and Bill, and then, you know, their, their, their intention is to sign uh, Davis Bertans, even though he's an unrestricted free agent. Uh, but I, I, I think, yeah, I think that there's a very good chance that he will resign in D.C. Um, so then you're looking at, okay, then you have a core of four players then. You have Rui, Bertans, Wall, and Bill. And so the one common denominator between all those players is that they're all very good offensive players, and none of them is a good defensive player. Wall used to be at one point, but, you know, who knows what he'll be uh, when he comes back from his injury, and he kind of stopped playing defense his last two seasons of playing anyway. Uh, That's true. That's true. Yeah, so I think that when looking at what the Wizards need, I think that they need a defensive player, and that's why uh, Oneka Okongwu from uh, USC, I think that, you know, if he's there, if he's a player that's in that nine range, uh, Congo or Okaro uh, from Auburn, I think that those are two guys who are primary defenders. Uh, Okaro is a wing player, and so that 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 is a guy who uh, you know who 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 will be able to come in. He will probably take a little bit more time to develop, uh, but uh, Okongwu, like, I mean, this dude is like he 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 kind of you know he he reminds me of a, of a lot of uh, Bam Adebayo. And the fact that, you know, he's not the most physically imposing player. Like, you yeah. know, he's really only like 6'9", but, you know, he's got a nice wingspan, and he just has a great feel for the game. And so you're looking at a guy as in his freshman year at USC who averaged 19 and 10. You know, that the, produ- the productivity is there. The wingspan is there. The feel for the game is there. The defensive first nature is there. I think that, you know, he would be a perfect fit uh, for this Wizards team. But – I, I also like the fact that, uh, you know, this for a team like the Wizards who are kind of deprived of talent, I think that they could also be in a position where they should should consider just taking the best available player regardless of position. And so some of the other guys that I uh, think that uh, that they should be considering, that I know that Tommy Shepard is going to be considering, is uh, uh, Denny Avija. From uh, uh, um, he plays uh, McKevy uh, Tel Aviv. He's a, a young small forward prospect, six uh, nine. Uh, he 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 has a smooth looking game. Um, I like Obi Toppin. The only problem yeah. that I have with Toppin is the fact that he's twenty two years old already, and so you know you, you're you're really banking on. That's my you know, age, really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's old. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first time that somebody has called you old at being twenty two. So. <laughs> But uh, in the in the realm of NBA draft uh, uh, ages, like twenty two is a bit up there, and so you know I, I think that. But if Obi, but if you, but if you've done your scouting and you think that Obi Toppin is the best player on the board, then you know the Wizards kind of, you know, they they, they kind of have to look at all of their options. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, Lamelo Ball is probably one of the the best prospects in this draft from just a pure talent standpoint. Yeah. And, you know, I, I wouldn't be upset if LaMelo Ball ended up on the Wizards. Uh, you know, with, with, in today's uh, NBA, you can never have too many ball handlers and shooters. And so, like, to add a guy uh, of that stature with that type of talent, I think would be a great addition for this Wizards team. Uh, uh, who, who are some of the other names of guys that, 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 that you think would, would be good fits in Washington? I think um... – Dylan Smith would also be a good fit in Washington. Um, yeah, Tom's had a great season in Maryland. Also, think about Precious Waku. 
Achua from Memphis. He's a freshman. He was, he was supposed to be – he was, like, a um, rising replacement. He's done well. And I think we might look for, like, a backup point guard or, like, a backup guard at least. This is, like, still in that role. I know Istrif has, has done really well this season. Yeah, obviously after, like, Isaiah Thomas. And I don't want to talk about Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't want to I mean, talk about him. Shout out Isaiah Thomas, man. I, I hope, I hope he somehow dude. finds his way back in the league somehow. Frosty. Like. <laughs> uh, I can really see maybe Nicole Anthony or Nico Mannion um, being that type of guy for us. I think we need to need like, offensive, maybe just, like, offensive players at least. Because in this era of NBA, like, you need to be scoring at will. Like, this Wizards team, they've been scoring a lot this season, maybe, like, the past 10 years at least. You just need, like, maybe a score that can that can help our wall come off the bench and provide scoring at need. But I think, but um, as I said before, I think Santa's the biggest thing in our team right now. I feel like Gwanku or Okuro or Wiseman or Smith could be needs, could be um, potential needs for us, for us, for us. Yeah, no, I, I I think that you know you're raising some some very valid points here, and you know I, I think that you know the, the Wizards like like I said like I think that you know with with them they're they're kind of in a bind here because they're going into this with a with a, a very limited strategy because you know they they don't have the option of you know saying oh we're gonna trade bill or we're gonna you know stock up on picks or we're gonna do this like you know they've kind of pigeonholed themselves into this path. And so, you know, that however this plays out will kind of determine, you know, uh, the, the the future of the Wizards going forward. And so, you know, this this draft is going to be very, very important for them. And so, you know, I think that uh, when you look at what Tommy Shepard has done so far in his first year as the, as the GM, uh, you know, with them drafting Rui Hashimori, I think that, you know, a lot of people who were upset about the pick on draft night I was have upset. come. Yeah, you, you were in the boat. <laughs> I was. I was upset. I yeah, wanted I, Cam Reddish. I I felt like if you get him, I'll be happy. But I was like, Rui, who? I thought it was like one of those because being a Wizards fan for sixteen years, you know all about Ernie Grunfeld. You know his draft history. He loves foreign players. Yeah, Vesley. I think we tried like this kid last year, Ephon Sutton. Like we already treated trading like a few like a few months back. Like he always had all these, all these like these Euro like European players, international players, and Rui Hachimura. Like I was like, really, why him? And I kind of got like a little bit upset that he compared him to, Ka- to Kawhi. I was like, okay, now he just like. Just like just like the ship is sinking already. Come on now, but he's really he really has really had a, he's really having a great rookie season. Had a, had a great rookie season. I feel like he's going to be a star in the league. Um, so I trust I trust Tommy's Tommy's input in the draft. Um, as I said before, I think we just need to draft in need that like best player available. But if that if he if that happens, if we get like a first round first overall pick. We can just do something with it, so yeah. Yeah, no, I think yeah, I think Rui uh definitely will probably be on uh 
you know, one of the all-rookie teams. Um, if I had to predict, I'd say he probably would make second team yeah, all-rookie. Second team on rookie, which is which is good, uh, especially for you know considering that you know not a lot of people were fans of the pick to begin with, um, but you know I, I think that he has a lot of potential to, you know, definitely develop into something. You know, it, who knows what that ceiling is, but you know it's certainly something. And so uh, I think that you know when we start talking about uh, you know Rui making uh, you know second team all rookie, I think that's a good transition to to to, to talk about. Uh, what do we think is going to happen with the all NBA teams? And more specifically, uh, will Bradley Bill be on one of those all NBA teams? So I, I want to take uh, our, my last break here. And on the other side of that break, I, I want to dive into uh, Bradley Bill's all NBA case. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right now, fam, man. We, we, we're going we're gonna to dive into a, a a a topic that I know uh, a lot of Wizards fans were very interested in talking about before the league was suspended. Um, and I'm not going to lie, I think that the league being suspended uh, actually kind of helps uh, Bradley Bill in this situation. Um, what do you think is going to end up happening with the uh, with the all NBA teams? And do, do you think Bradley Bill is going to end up uh, sneaking his way onto one of those teams? I feel he will. I think he's going to make either second team or third team. To be honest, I wasn't that surprised to make an All Star team. Even wasn't I wasn't even that mad because obviously the Wizards they weren't the best team in the league. And plus, like, you have to look at popularity. The All-Star game is a popularity contest. Obviously, you have, like, guys like Trey Young who, even though they, he has, like, a worse record than Beal, um, Beal, but he made it also take because of popularity. All these, and all these younger guys got in as well, too. Ben Arbio, who else did? Um, Luka Donich. So he didn't get a chance. He didn't get a chance to make the All-Star team, but I feel like he, his, he's had one of the best seasons for shooting guard, yeah, alone. Like, post-All-Star break, he had, like, those 50-point games. I think he looked like a three, like three straight 50-point three straight games. Am I right? Or No, he two, two straight 50-point games. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, I think he had, like, uh, uh, like 16 straight games with 25 points or more. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he was putting up some ridiculous some ridiculous numbers there. And that, I think, like, the last player to ever do that has two like two straight fifty point games back to back was Kobe in oh seven. Which which is like in he put himself in history in that season alone. And he does been great. I think he kinda of like slacked a little bit. Like there's like there's like a point where he was like playing sluggishly, but before like the before the suspended for the league got suspended, he was playing his best ball. And I don't think like he would I don't think 
he'll get like snub for an All NBA team. Like he should get in at least a second team or third team. That's that's my opinion on it. Yeah, no, I, I think that he'll probably be on that. Uh, I say he, I say he's third team All NBA player. And for me, when you look at so you look at okay, the teams they have them divided up into you know guards, uh, two guards, two forwards, and a center on each team. So that means there's really only six, there's six guard spots. And so when for me, I, I'm looking at James Harden and Luka Doncic as uh, the two guys that are going to be on first team. And then uh, uh, for me, I would say that uh, Russell Westbrook and probably. Uh, Either Damian Lillard, Damian Lillard will probably be uh, my my second team guys, and then uh, after that, I think that you know I, I like Chris Paul as a guy who you know uh, should definitely he's, be. He's having a redemption off- season. He's having yeah. a redemption season. Yeah, for sure. And then after definitely. that, I think that there's a major drop off, um, and I think that you know Bill, and especially considering the fact that you know that the, the the way that the season ended or the way that you know the, the the, the, uh, if you look at the stretch of games, like right before this, the season was suspended, and so and it, <clears throat> you look at the fact that the teams may not even be able to come back and play regular season games after this. And I think, and if you had to go just off of the resumes that you know they built so far, I think that uh, you know when you look at Washington being you know in, as the ninth seed in the Eastern Conference, and with Bill averaging thirty points a game for the season. And, you know, especially with, with the tear of points and how he was getting those points, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, he has a very valid case over, you know, guys that made the all-star team in front of him, you know, guys like Trey Young or guys like Kemba Walker or Kyle Lowry, you know, these guys that made all-star teams that in front of Bill. But I think that what he did from, you know, post-all-star until, uh, you know, the season was suspended is more than enough to, uh, you know, leap for, for him to leapfrog uh, some of those other names that I mentioned. Yeah, I just think, like, even I could say, I could see him jumping from the second spot, like the second NBA team over Westbrook. I don't yeah, know I, if Westbrook was having that good of a season. Like, the Rockets, they've been struggling this, this season alone. And I think the good, I think the good debate you have on Beal is that even the Wizards not that good this year. They're still a ninth, just on a ninth place in the Eastern Conference. I think that just tells you the Eastern Conference is just awful. Um, plus, like, plus, like the Wizards. A lot of people thought the Wizards going to be like the worst team in the league, and he's. I think they're like at twenty wins, twenty two wins at least. I think. Am I right? Twenty two wins or twenty three, twenty. Yeah, but the Wizards, uh, let me look it up real quick. I believe they had 22 wins. It's been, you know, I normally a month ago, I would be able to tell you this, like, like it was that, because I just, I'm just looking at this yeah, stuff every day. Yeah, they had 24. They had 24. They're 24, 24 wins? 24 and 40. Yeah. They played 64 games right now. But, yeah, I I just see, like, I just see, Beal just making the second team over Westbrook. I think Beal's having just have like a great season alone, and he's he's I think like the same time he's proving that he can lead a team. I mean, because when he like without John Wall, like you know, the team will struggle. But you know, just carrying this team to the point where they 
or like in a playoff conversation a little bit. I think that has to be considered him making an all NBA team. I could see him maybe being the second team or third team. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think I think we're both on the same page here that you know that that Wizards fans will be happy when the all NBA teams are announced. Even so. for Bill. Like you get that extra payday if he makes all on me too. Well, you know what, man? I, I, I actually <laughs> had some conversations with some people about it because he signed his extension. Oh yeah, true. He, he will not be getting an extra payday, so that's so sometimes, 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 sometimes you got to bet on yourself, kiddo. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it, now I, I wanted to finish up uh, with a very lighthearted topic, uh, and I wanted to just get your opinion. As a as, as as a guy who is a lifelong bullet sized Wizards fan, um, what what would you say has been your favorite Wizards team over the last decade? Now you know we're we're, we're in twenty twenty, we're entering a new decade. But over that last decade, what was your favorite uh, Wizards team? What, what, what was what was the best season? Uh, or you're not, not even the best season. What was your favorite season? Like the season that you enjoyed watching and following the most? I will say this. I'd say the last decade, obviously, if, like, the, the first five years of this decade, the last decade, we, we definitely suck. But I will say 2014, 2015 was my favorite season well because that was such an interesting cast of players. I could say, like, maybe, like, 10 of them right now. Raymond Sessions, John Wall, Beal, Bradley Beal, Martian Gortat, Nene, Otto Porter, yeah, Rasul Butler, the, Paul Pierce, man, like, Paul Pierce, the, like that's the Ron Blair, who else? Kevin Serafin. Uh, it's been a long time, so yeah, that, that's also Webster. that's yep. also my favorite team too, man. It's crazy that yeah, we're, we're kind of locked locked in on this one because that 2014-15 Wizards team is my favorite because all right, it, like you said, the first half of the decade, they, the team, the, the franchise sucks. Yeah. Okay, and so that 2014 playoff run was kind of like found money a little bit. It's like okay, you know they they snuck up on the Bulls, but the Bulls didn't have Derrick Rose. I mean, so you know they kind of. But if if Derrick Rose did, well, if Derrick Rose played that series, I think we still would have won. Like you come off of a major injury, I don't know he was still that D Rose. Like yeah, no, I I, I, mean, I don't know he was still that D Rose. Yeah, no, I I, know, I think, but really, to me, it's not even about whether like he would they would have won the series or not. It, it was just the fact that you know the, the, that team really kind of snuck up on people, and so yeah. they weren't they they were never really going to like kind of be in the mix for trying to make it to the conference finals or you know like they 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 were just playing their hearts out. Now that second team though. That second year when they brought in Paul Pierce, that that was my favorite team just because of the dynamic that Pierce brought not not only on the floor but like in the locker room. And so what 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 we ended up seeing happening with that Wizards team, you know, in that next season and uh, the season that ultimately got Randy Whitman fired, and then even uh, you know in the 2017 and 2018 years where you know they were kind of like disappointing with their expectations rising. You know, the 2015 team, that 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 team really, you know, kind of outperformed their expectations, but they still, they had a leader. They had a guy who would, who could, you know, command attention within the locker room to, to you know, demand that, you know, everybody, you know, come to work every day, that, you know, there was a, a semblance of excellence that Paul Pierce brought to the franchise that I don't think that 
the, this team, you know, with John Wall and Bradley Bill leading them, had before or after that Pierce year. And I think that, you know, they had a mental toughness that year that literally – and I, I will always contend that, you know, John Wall didn't break his hand in that Atlanta Hawks year. So they would have gone to the conference finals. So that means that, that, Hawks, that Hawks team had no answer for the Wizards. Like, you know, so they, they, were had, just, they were just made up of, like, all these journey guys. Hal Horford, he's, like, the most boring player ever. But he ends up – he always ends up – Crusher Wizards every time he plays us. Like, I don't get that. Jeff Teague, he's just like a Jag point guard. Kyle Corver had, like, this amazing season. He had, like, 90, 50, and 40. He made an all-star team. Congrats. Like, good good for him. Um, Tyler, what was it? What was it? What was his name? It was – I know it was Paul Millsap, like, another guy. And who else was there? Who was their small forward on that team? The small four on that team was um, Demar Carroll. Say, yeah, I was, was going to say Terry and Prince, but no, Demar Carroll. Terry and Prince didn't. He didn't, he was drafted in 2015. He was in the same yeah. draft as Kelly Oubre. Yeah, but Demar Carroll as well. It was just like made of just like these jags, like these guys, really. And I thought you should have you should have beaten them in six games. I remember the series, game three, pop the shot. Oh, yeah. Did you call back? <laughs> I called. I called game. Like I called game. Like yeah. And that and that series alone pissed me off a little bit because game five. I, well, I think game, I start game five. Game five, they lost uh, on a, a uh, they lost Al on Horford a, 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 a put back. Al lost on a put back. And the name was like staring at that shit at that ball like. Well, he didn't box. He didn't box out. Yeah, he didn't box out, and all you see is Al Horford jumping over his back, pushing Nene on the ground. First of all, I'm not saying it like like it should have been a foul. It wasn't a foul. Yeah, and they just needed to be tougher. Get your big ass up, put a body on him. Yeah, like he was he was choking the he was choking the shit out of Jimmy Butler like a year prior. Now he came and box out for a rebound. That's the thing that pissed that like ticked me off a little bit. I know Pierce had like a. Near game when he shot, it rolled off the rim. I was like, "Damn, you losing you losing this series," because that was like Wall's first game back after that injury. Yeah, that's that's even one. Oh, I'm sorry. I was gonna say you got to remember that uh, you know game six uh, back at Verizon Center, that that game uh, Wizards were down three, and Paul Pierce hit a three that everybody thought yes, was coming into yes. overtime, and yes. the ball was literally on. I mean, I've never seen like it, it cannot be like. Physically closer, as far as like him getting it and off, like it was like screwed. a it was like a millisecond, like <laughs> like his fingertip was screwed. yeah. I mean, you know, finger, I say this: this is one of those things where if there was no replay, oh, that would have been good. Like twenty years ago, with no replay, that was a good shot, right? But once they saw it, because they ruled it good on the court, yeah. But once they went back and they saw it, they saw that his like finger was still barely touching it. Oh, man, that's why that's, it's, that's why you don't need instant replay NBA. Like that's for the NFL because it's it's a game of downs. Like NBA, you make the shot, you make the shot regardless. Like if I see the ball up in the air with zero point zero seconds on the clock, it's a shot. Like you don't need you need like to magnify like the player had like the ball in his hands or the fingers like on the ball. Like you made a shot, you made a shot. Like there's no like this kill the whole instant replay because it's been bad luck for us. But I'll say the positives about that season alone. Um, 
I think that Orlando game earlier in the season where Bill had like that game when he shot, that was fun. Uh, Wall getting his first All Star start that season alone, he was all this like all defensive team. And also that was like the season where Wall had that game for that um for that girl Maya after her passing. Mm-hmm. They had like thirty thirty point thirty points and like seventeen assists. I'm like hopefully I'm correct. That was really a great game great game against the Celtics. He poured it all on the court. His his interview still gets to me today. And that series against Toronto was so fun. Because Toronto, they beat us throughout the whole regular season. They swept us. And I was thinking, like, this team is not better than us. Um, game one in Toronto, Pierce had, like, Pierce was money in game one, hitting every shot, talking mad shit to my son, Ujiri, all, all game. And game two, that was my, one of my favorite wall games, 26 and 17. If you watch the highlights from that game, like, he was just commanding on both ends of the floor. Both ends. Then there was game three. I think DeRozan had, like, 20 points in the first quarter alone. Then Otto Porter, a young Otto Porter, like, we don't know anything about him. I think he strapped DeRozan all game. He got he won game three. Then game four, that was, that was just fun. Like, to see fans with their brooms and everything. <laughs> sweeping each other like all for all for VC. It was just a great, it was a, it was a great series, and I feel like that team alone was just so fun because there was like all these guys on that team that like were like vets, but they brought like their own flavor. Like, Russell Butler, like rest in peace to him. He was a great. He was been he was great all throughout the season. Social Miles sessions, Andre Miller, obviously. Like there was just too many. It like it was a team that was like built off of like this union, like unionship or like camaraderie, and I think we still need that. But that team's just special to me because that season alone, like I feel like we could have been, we could have been in the conference finals if it wasn't for Wall's injury because he was having a great playoff. Yeah, no, I, I I'm right there with you, and so you know I'm glad that we're on the same page there with that that being. Uh, the most exciting uh, Wizards team over the last decade. But, uh, uh, Fem, man, I, I want to thank you for, for coming on and, and, you know, just chopping it up with me, man. Like I said, I've, <laughs> I've always been a big fan of, of, of you and all the all the things that you talk about on uh, social media. Thank and you. as I as I do with uh, all of my guests, I want to give you this opportunity to kind of uh, plug yourself and let the people know where they can find you on social media and, and let the people know that if, if you have anything that you're working on right now. So you can follow me on Twitter at Ola Femian Ocean. I can spell it out if I can. Um, O-L-A-F-I-M-I-H-A-N-O-S-H-I-N. I think Troy will plug it when he posts this, so hopefully he does. I also have my own football blog, uh, Four Verticals. All we do there is just post, like, all these old highlights of players, Um it's been a great blog. It's been like my baby for the past three years. I'm proud of it. You can also follow at four, four verticals underscore. Um, I also just posted a piece that I did about this kid in Baltimore. His name is Kenny Johnson. He actually committed to Bowie State University just this past, like this on January. Um, he plays tackle. He was he he played tackle 
for Mervo's for Mervo Mustangs. They were undefeated in Baltimore City. Always made it to the championship championship round. If you get to read, read my story about him, he grew up in homeless shelters, living in cars before just getting a chance to play football. And he started playing football at the age of like in ninth grade. So like four years later now he gets like a chance to be in a scholarship and play football for like a really good really good team boost day. So you should if you don't if you if you have the time to read it, please do. But yeah, um should I just put my Instagram or anything else as well? Yeah, man, plug plug whatever you want for. This is your time, man. Like. Right. Uh, also follow me on Instagram at Olaf Man Ocean as well. If you had a chance to, that's all I had to say. Um, yeah, but please right, read that story, though. Yeah, no, that, that's what's up, man. Yeah, everybody, go out there, uh, give Fem a follow. He's uh, like I said, when it comes to people who are you know very upfront and honest about you know things that are going on, not just in the sports world, but you know, in uh, in hip hop or movies or television shows or you know, everything else is pop culture related. You know, Fem, he's out there. He's got an opinion on it. So, and for and for a guy who's uh, who, who's, who's super young, he he has a good taste in uh, uh, old school hip hop. So, you know, yeah, I get he, it from he, my dad. I get it from my dad. Unfortunately, <laughs> I feel like I'll be different because I'm not a big fan of like most of these rappers out right now. Maybe like my, I like the Travis Scotts. I'm like I like the Travis Scotts, Jay Cole's, Kendricks, but like the young pumps, like. Like M what's his name? Y M Melly. Y M W Melly. Yeah. yeah, Young Boy. You ain't a fan of none of those dudes. I like I like M Young Boy, but like I I kind of listen to old school because I appreciate it more. Like I feel like just like today's hip hop just like more just you know glorifying talking like now it's like now it's not like old person now, but when we went yeah. to like old school hip hop like it was just change your whole pay about everything. So, yeah. Yeah, man, get get off of Fem's lawn, even though he's, he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's still young. <laughs> but, yeah, man, I, hey, Fem, I want to, uh, again, thank you for coming on. And, uh, you know, let, 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 let me know if you got any trouble with any of these, uh, these MAGA people. Nah. We, get them, we get them up out of there. No, I, think, I, think, I, think, I think it's quiet now. I think it's quiet now. It's quiet Maybe now. It's quiet. All right, that's Fortunately, good. Was. That's good. That's good, man. But shoot, like I said, man, thank you for coming on, man. And we'll we'll, we'll have to do this again uh, next time, man. I, I want you, to, you and everybody else that's listening out there, to uh, stay safe and stay your ass at home. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it, Troy. All right, Phil. Like Gilbert Arenas, now I'm chilling back, giving advice. I buy my girl shit that don't matter the price. They see that I'm taking, they try getting fast. Label money, I just tell in advance. I ain't cheating, I'm just trying to dance. She just trying to have me up in the trance. I'm in a strip, like fuck it. 
They just trying to make some buckets. Love when I slap down my ones, but it bounced like a ball when I struck it. So if you ever see a real nigga like me, just let them live and just be how it be. Go to the club with them two and you'll see that with a J, we be on the same team. I wanna ball like the Wizards. Yeah, you know what I mean. When I'm blowing on the net, girl showing shots for the team. I was in high school with dreams, now I'm almost looking clean. Teaching game like a dean, cause all these girls are ring. I wanna ball like the Wizards. Yeah, you know what I mean. When I'm blue, I'm on the net. Girl, she was shot for the team. I was in high school with dreams. Now I'm almost looking clean. Teaching game like a dean. Coach all these girls to a ring. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.